Hello everyone, welcome to the Charge Shot Gamescast. It's where every friends gather around and talk about the games that they're playing things that are on their lives. This week, uh, we have someone here that's not going to GDC, Justin. I didn't. I, I just looked at myself in the camera and saw how low I'm sitting. <laughs> Gotta get low. <laughs> get low. Get low. Yeah, low cast. Not low. Aw. Um, yeah. Uh... Ben is gone off to C2E2 in the great white north of Chicago. Midwest. <laughs> He's, I don't know, it's snowing over there. I don't know. He always complains about the cold when he goes there. So It's like eight hours west of me. It's not even... <laughs> You're in the great white north. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, I'm not going to have a whole lot to say because I've just been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. And if you know what an MMO is, it's an MMO. Uh, the rating's actually pretty damn good. Um, there's a few, You're like... Up to raids? Huh? You're already up to raids? No, no. Oh. I'm, like, level 23. I just hit level 23. the rating. Uh, the writing. Writing. Yes, writing. Okay. Yes, the writing, the writing is really good. Uh, no, if I was raiding, that would be insane. I wouldn't... Right. No, that's insane. Uh, the writing's really good. Um, the character design is pretty amazing. It's really cool seeing, like, all these high-level characters on their friggin' mounts. Uh, the most impressive mount I've seen so far was the Regalia from Dr- Final Fantasy XV. Uh, like, the car. Yeah, it's... The flying car? It's... It wasn't flying. It was driving oh. along in the woods. It was so weird. That's stupid. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so dumb. Uh, there was like a gigantic fat uh, Moogle that someone was riding. Uh, there's a lot of really fun stuff in this game. Yeah, if it didn't have a subscription, I'd probably play it all the time. Yeah, I think I'm going to be a two game a guy. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to play Final Fantasy and Destiny 2. That's the rest of my gaming career. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what have you been up to? You've been out for a while. Yeah, I've actually been playing quite a bit because I was couch ridden for like two weeks. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was just kind of like random garbage, like just, you know, trying out random things on Game Pass. I honestly don't even remember that well. Um, I briefly jumped into Monster Hunter World and then remembered that I don't like Monster Hunter. Uh, but it's got a good character creator. I really enjoyed that part. And then actually playing the game, I fell off super quick. <laughs> um, and then, let's see. It's not for everyone. Yeah. I, I don't know. There was some, there was some random stuff. Um, but the, kind of the, the key things were um, I played through Ori and the Blind Forest again, but the definitive edition. Uh, because like when I first played it on PC, it was just the regular one. I didn't want to get the DLC. Uh and the definitive edition is very true to its name. Like, it is, I mean, it's already an amazing game, but you get a few new abilities, and, like, just the, the overall flow of the game feels so much more satisfying with the definitive edition. Because I thought it was just, like, the normal game until you beat it, and then there's, like, post game areas you go to. But it's not. It's actually, like, new areas that they just add into the game. So, like, if you beat it and then play the DLC, I feel like it wouldn't be satisfying. So I'm kind of glad I started over with this version and played through it again because it felt like a totally different game with the way the new abilities mix things up. And like I got to one of the new areas and I was like, I don't remember ever coming here before. And I had to look it up. I was like, is this like a DLC area or what? And so it was just kind of it was kind of cool to like you know play the game for the second time for the first time. If you know what I mean? Um, but I really like the new abilities. Uh, the, there's like a dash that you can do on the ground or in the air, and it helps a lot for like getting away from enemies and stuff. And you can also use it to extend your jump when you do an air dash, because you could like double jump and then shoot across like through spikes and stuff. Um, and then use like the the bash ability or whatever to like you know grab an enemy's projectile and shoot up. So like you can go crazy far and like uh, do some sequence breaking stuff to get a few of the uh, ability cells and things like that early. So I ended up like maxing out the ability tree like before I even beat the game and had like three, I think, ability cells left over that I couldn't even use because I maxed it all out. Um, 
And then the other new ability is... Uh, I forget what it's actually called, but it's like a light ball. So you actually use it to like uh, turn on lanterns and stuff in one of the, in the new areas, uh, which is like easily the best part of the game. You're like manipulating light to like uh, turn on like these invisible platforms, um, and you like jump from platform to platform, but you have to carry this light. And it's I don't know, it's it's a really cool puzzle section, and it's super hard until you figure out what to do. That's probably like half my deaths in the game. Um, but this light ball ability, like, out in the wild, it gives you access to a few new areas. Like I said, they, like, added a bunch of stuff to the game. So I thought it was going to be, like, after you get out of those new areas, like, there's no time you ever use those new abilities. But they actually added in, like, lantern spots on other parts of the map uh, where there's, like, a few new uh, life cells and ability cells and things like that to, like, you know, give you more stuff. And they're just kind of tucked away in these, like, little lantern alcoves where you light the lantern and it opens the gate. So I was kind of impressed how much they actually, like, integrated those new abilities into the rest of the game. Um, but you can also, like, use the light balls to do a bash off of. So, like, if there's no enemies around and you need to get some more height, you can just shoot out your own projectile and launch off of that to, like, get over a gap or something. And so, again, it, like, it really kind of breaks the game. Like, both of those abilities made the rest of the game so much easier once I got them. That wasn't part of the original game? The bash was. Okay. But the the light ball wasn't. Okay, okay, okay. Like, you could only bash off of enemies and, like, projectiles and things like that. You couldn't send your own one out to bash off of. Yeah. Um, And so I found myself, like, just, just like, cheesing through the game after I got those... Um, and that's a lot of, like, I 100% of the game this time, which I'm pretty proud of, honestly. Like, that's not an easy game. Yeah, um, for sure. But a lot of it was because of those abilities. They kind of helped me, like, cheese through some sections and, like, completely bypass the way you were supposed to do it by just, like, triple jumping and then, you know, dashing across a gap and then lightballing my way over, like, with, with bypassing all enemies and everything. Um, so... I don't think I would ever 100% complete the original game, but man, I friggin' love Ori and the Blind Forest. Like, I wanted to do it before the new one came out, <clears throat> uh, like, next week, I think? Oh, it's, it's really soon. Two weeks? Yeah. March 11th, right? I think it's March 11th. Because um, I've already got that pre-downloaded and everything, like, it's ready to go. But I thought I should beat the Definitive Edition in case there was, like, new story stuff added that I'd need to know for the sequel. Um, and it does seem like it adds a little bit of, like, kind of backstory lore stuff to a few of the side characters. Um, I don't remember seeing that stuff, at least, in the original. But mostly it's, just, it's so satisfying to play. Um, so that was kind of a, a few days journey, was just playing through that game again. Yeah. Uh, but I beat it in about eight hours. Like, it wasn't bad. I'm looking forward to the sequel. It sounds like it's going to be a lot better. Uh, yeah. Just, like, I the save points like... in general is, like, a huge like, oh, yeah. step. Yeah. Although I found myself... Uh, learning to like the the checkpoint system when you remember to use it because you just do it before like a, a tricky part yeah rather than like having to start at whatever point it decides your save is you know yeah um but yeah definitely early in the game it gets really annoying when you lose a bunch of progress because you forget to put a save point down yeah um but I did hear that the sequel's, like, doing a lot more with combat like Ori gets weapons and things like that oh, that's and weird. I'm a little worried that's going to affect the flow of the game because combat was never really a major focus like i said you can dash through a lot of enemy encounters and most of them only exist to be platforming sections um so i hope it doesn't become like a you know a hack and slash game like like uh hollow knight for example um but i don't know we'll see i'm still excited uh aside from ori i uh got borderlands 3 and me and Thomas played that a few times. Um, not a lot, unfortunately, because I was napping a lot and stuff, so we, our schedules didn't really line up that much. But it is really fun. Um, I like a lot of the new stuff, like the vaulting, especially. There's a lot more verticality in the game, and like enemies all over the place, because you can get to them you know, up on the toppest peaks of buildings and things like that. Uh, so you really have to look out for like where everyone is located. Um, which I'm, I tend to be a sniper anyway. So I'm kind of, you know, prepared for that kind of thing. But um, I chose... What was it? Moe's? Is that the name? 
Yeah, that I think character. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I chose the mech character. I always want to say Moz, but it's Moz. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like that mech. It's super cool. It's really good. Yeah. It's so overpowered, man. It's I know. Great. Like I didn't you can be in it for like a minute at least. Well, yeah, at like, least. Yeah. <laughs> I found myself outlasting firefights with it. Oh yeah, yeah, I totally. Like, uh I don't I guess I'll just stay here until yeah, it runs I'll just, out. Yeah, exactly. Just wander around in your mech picking up yeah. loot. Yeah. But it's it's really good. We gotta play more of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I got a friend that keeps bugging me. He wants to play. Like we're pretty further ahead, like level thirty something at the moment. Oh wow! Yeah, and one of the maps that we're on, uh, it's like a swamp area, but it's gigantic. Like there's the map. It's like the initial map, but then there's all these side sections you can go off to, and those are gigantic mm-hmm. as well. So like they do have a couple small areas, but they do have the gigantic worlds as well. That's good. It's nuts. Yeah, it would be a shame if they didn't take advantage of the new hardware to make bigger areas. Yeah. Um, but on the other side of things, um, oh, I also I tried to uh, beat Banjo Kazooie for the first time because um, I've gotten like pretty far into it, but I've never actually beaten it. Tried to. And yeah, uh, my goal was to actually like 100 percent complete that because I beat Ori and I was like, okay, I'm a pro gamer now. I can do this. <laughs> I went 100 um, percent every game I play now. Right. And I was actually doing pretty well. Like, I got through uh, Gobi Desert with everything, and then I spent way too long in that stupid mansion level. I hate it. Like, the Haunted Mansion. And I ended up getting all the jiggies, but I just didn't care to actually, like, you know, like, 100% complete the world itself. Um, Because there was just some, some BS in that level that I didn't care about. And then... I realized that, like, at that point, I basically had the amount I needed to, like, essentially, you know, get to the top and beat the game. But I wanted to go ahead and try to finish up the other worlds. So I went to Rusty, Rusty Bucket Bay or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that level broke me. It's um, not good. No, it's not. <laughs> and it's got that one jiggy that's, like, the worst one in the whole game by yeah. most people. Yeah. Where you have to, like, uh, like, slow down the propellers and then backtrack through on a time limit go into the poison water and try to get past the propellers to the jiggy uh, in the ship. And I did all of that. Like, I was running against time a little bit. I was, like, just a smidge behind. And literally, like, I swam down into the water, went into the propellers as it was counting down, like, 3, 2, 1. And the swim, like, the camera freaked out and the swim controls got all wonky. Oh, no. And, like, I was, like, Probably, you know, bare pinky on the jiggy. Oh my god. And the propellers kicked in and I died. That's such bullshit. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not I'm not doing this. Yeah. Like, I'm done. So yeah. I I checked out Click Clock Wood. Um because I heard that was a cool concept level, like with the different weather changing or the different season changes and stuff. And like it was cool, but I just didn't care anymore at that point. I was like, I'm sp- I'm gonna beat the game. Like that's I'm done. Like this seems like a cool world, but I don't need it. It's fine. Oh, uh, um, yeah, that one's not so bad. Yeah. I think, in hindsight, I wish I had, like, you know, known better and skipped Rust- Rusty Bucket Bay. Yeah. And then gotten everything in Click Clock Wood and then beat I didn't even like getting but, to Rusty Bucket Bay. Like, getting there was a pain, no, yes. No, it's, it's an awkward... Yeah. Like, because I couldn't figure out how to raise the water level. I didn't know you had to stay the pumpkin transformation. Again. Go through the thing... And then go into a house just to change out of the pumpkin transformation so that you can, like, break the things to hit the the water level. Water levels do not, yeah. Get out of there and then go back into the level so you can go to Mumbo's hut, change back into the bear, and leave the level. Like, it's so <sighs> Yeah. It's stupid. Water has never made a game better. No. And that's, that's just unnecessarily convoluted. Like, make it so you can just go in his banjo. That would have fixed everything. But for some reason, you have to be the pumpkin to get in and get out. Yeah. And you can't just undo your transformation, so you have to go back into the level. And yeah, it's just it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I gave up and just went to the you know the final grunty area. Okay. And did not realize that it's like a board game trivia thing. I was going to say, yeah, it's a board game. Yeah. Um. So I gave it a few tries. 
and I got mad because I realized that like the the witch category is just the random facts that her sister gives you throughout the game. Yep. And they're not set answers. Like no. they're randomized whenever you start the game. Yeah. Is there a timer to them? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, oh, but it doesn't matter. Like the others, you can look up. Like, yeah, yeah. Enough time, you can look yeah. them up. But okay. those, they can't give you the answers because they're randomized depending on the game. So it's just any one of three things. So I, I basically I could have just kept going until I ran into the same answers again, and you know tried all three because it's set at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. not at the beginning of the you know yeah. the match or whatever. But I just. Also, like the, the things that thing heard... like, yeah, the things her sister says isn't even that funny either. So no. it's like I'm not gonna run around to each of her sister spots and write down the answers just for that. Like I'm not gonna do homework to beat the game. Right. <laughs> I remember that part just being a pain in the ass, and I didn't yeah. like it at all. So I still have not beaten Banjo Kazooie. Oh come on, you're so close, man! Just finish it all. <laughs> I refuse. No, it's a matter of principle. Um. And I started Banjo-Tooie to see if that one was any better for me. Oh, yeah? I quit in the first world. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything about that game is so much more obtuse than the first one. Yeah, yeah. So, I, th- I think I just don't really like Banjo-Kazooie that much. What? No. No. Because <laughs> as a kid, I remember enjoying it. But I, again, I never beat it. Like, I think I got to... Like, the furthest I ever got was Gobi Desert. And I never, like, went through that whole world. Um, so I just I just remember having fun. And to be fair, like, early parts of the game are fantastic. It's just some of the later levels are ridiculous. And the fact that when you die, like, everything resets is stupid. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Still haven't beaten Budget Kazooie, but I, I made a valiant effort. Um, yeah. And on the PlayStation side of things, um, I <clears throat> quote unquote finally beat God of War. Um, Yay! But by that I mean I saw the credits because apparently I had already beaten God of War. <laughs> uh, so the last time I played, like a, it's like months ago, um, I went through that final Balder fight, saw the you know the twist with his son and all that, mm-hmm. um, and then. It wanted me to go to Jotunheim, so like I, you know, went to wherever close to the teleportation platform and saved and quit. I was like, you know, there's probably some big ending. I'll do that next time. So when I booted it up, I went to Jotunheim, walked up the mountain, got a cutscene, and then walked back down to credits. <laughs> yep. I played the game for like five minutes. Yep. To realize that I had already beaten it after look all at months. look at a mural on the wall, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I looked up the the like in credits tease or whatever online because I didn't realize that I had missed it. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited for that Norse stuff. That'll be cool. Yeah, man, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that that was actually really funny to me because like I think I was on a call with a friend. Uh, sometimes we just like you know load up PlayStation and like play separate games, but talk to each other during. Yeah, I think you were talking. And so I was talking. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to him while finishing the game, and like I walked down the mountain with the credits, and I was like, "Uh, dude, did I? I think I just beat God like, of is War. There, is there more? Like, <laughs> I I'm confused." And he's like, "What did you see?" Because he'd beaten it already. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, yeah, that's that that's the end." That's yeah. so funny, dude. Um. <laughs> So, just because I was already in the call, I went ahead and booted back up uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 to see if I could tolerate playing that game more. <sighs> I beat the Frozen World. Yay! It was a chore, but I did it. Yay, um, you did it. But I just, I can't. Like, it, it's a it's a bad game. <laughs> like, I got to the, the Pirates of the Caribbean world, um, and I was, I was, like, we ended the call about the time I finished Frozen. Um, so I was going to just go to the Pirates World because I couldn't save before then. And, like, you know, start it up, get through the obligatory, like, hey, Jack, how are you doing? And then save and quit. 20 minutes later, I was still in the Pirates World without a save point yet because it what? just throws you right into the, like, like a bunch of battles and scripted segments and stuff oh like that God. before you ever see a save point. Um, 
And then it's just like I played a little bit longer because I was just like, what is this world? Like, it's just a bunch of battles. <laughs> and you're just like swimming around and then you get a ship, I guess. And like just explore the seas and it feels really aimless. And I heard this is one of the good worlds. So I was like, I think I'm done with this game. Wow. I don't, I don't think I care anymore. It's like the it's like you're just discovering all the all of your childhood games are just bad. I know. <laughs> no, Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts one and two are so good games. Mm. Uh Dream Drop Distance is pretty good. Mm. The others are garbage. Mm. But to be fair, I never really liked any of the others in the first place. Like Birth by Sleep, I've never played more than a few worlds of because I just hate it. Like the mechanics in that game are bad. Um, and 380 whatever stupid is boring I never even got to a Disney World in that game um, because like you spend so long in like the intro like Twilight Town or whatever that I just stopped caring and Recoded is actually pretty good but it's kind of a budget DS game like it felt like more of the same but it's just it's got some fun sections in it but I don't know there's just too much bloat in that series, so I don't care anymore. Um, yeah. To me, Dream Drop Distance is Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, the way it, like, plays directly into 3 is, like, a really nice story it tells, despite being a side story. But anyway, beside the point. <laughs> um, and then moving on to Nintendo. Uh... I actually didn't play my Switch much, like, early on. Uh, because I didn't have it plugged into the TV. I only have two HDMI ports on the new TV. Um, but I got the uh, Zero and ZX collection uh, this week, and I've been playing through <coughs> Zero 2, because I beat Zero 1, like, on a Let's Play a few years ago with my friend Hugo. Um, and so I just wanted to jump into 2. And I... Like, there's some new features in this collection that really help, like the save assist system, um, where it basically gives you, like, checkpoints throughout the level. Hmm. So it doesn't seem like you can actually game over, because whenever you die, you just start back at that checkpoint rather than losing a life. Um, And it's super handy, because, like, the checkpoints are pretty smartly laid out, where it's, like, you know, right before a boss or... Like, right before, like, a really, like, challenging, like, pit section... You know, those kinds of things. Uh, but it's still just a lot of trial and error. And the thing that kind of sucks is, like, there's no dialogue skip option in Zero Two. Uh, there is in 3 and 4, apparently, but not 2. Hmm. Um, so even with those checkpoints, you load up, go through the gates, like, mash through the boss dialogue, and then usually die pretty quickly because they're hard. <laughs> um, so there's still a lot of grind in the game, but... I've beaten two of the Robot Masters so far, um, and I haven't actually... I've maybe played, like, three hours total. Um, and I'm almost done with the third one. Uh, I, like, stopped the boss doors before we started tonight. Um, so, like, I, I actually... I think I stand a pretty good chance. Like, my main problem with that game was how brutal the difficulty is. And, because, like, you know, when you get a game over, you start back at your save point, like, before the start of the level. Uh... And so I just I got tired of playing through the whole thing every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the zero one, the reason I could beat it was because it was a ROM. So I you know save scummed through it with save states. Uh, this is kind of that same thing, but you know legit. So I feel a little bit more authentic about it. Um, I refused to do the casual mode that you can activate uh, because unlike in the X collection, it's not something you can toggle on and off at will. Because there's a few moments in the X collection I like sleezed through it just because like it was a section I'd done a few times already and I'm like whatever I just want to get through this and move on so I you know flick on casual mode like god mode my way through and flick it back off when I got to a part that I you know was new to me again um and I played all through all of X7 with it because that game sucks um but this one you have to start the game with it so like if you turn it on and try to continue your game the the title screen just shows new game which kind of sucks 
Um, so I might turn it on at some point, like for three and four, because they're quite a bit more difficult. But I'm going to try to get through all of Zero Two at least without it, hmm. and then go from there. Because um, I don't want to start over now. But it's definitely a challenge. Um, great games, though. Like, I never really played two through four that much. Um, I just played the crap out of one. But I've heard they're all really good. And then I'll jump into the ZX games, because I want to do everything chronologically, because it actually has a pretty compelling story. Um, and aside from that, uh, I just played a few other Mega Man games for the, uh, the video I put out today, as of this recording, that is. Um, just kind of like casually throughout the last few weeks when I could sit up and actually record for a bit. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm. Um, I dabbled in Disgaea 5 because it's on sale right now, so I wanted to try out the demo. But I think that game might be too anime for me. I'm not sure. <laughs> I like the battle system, like, there's some cool stuff there. But I just don't care about the characters. What did I say to you when you said you wanted to play Disgaea 5? Or you wanted to play a tactics game and Disgaea 5 was calling to you? I know. You understand my game taste so well. Don't rub it in. I'm like, the game's too anime. And then you're like, I like anime. I'm going to play it. Well, <laughs> I mean, a anime is a very broad term, too. Like, yeah. I do like some anime. But there is a such thing as too anime. There is, yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I want to keep going, but I probably won't buy it. I'm just kind of intrigued by the demo. Like, learning the mechanics and stuff. But also, it's like hundreds of hours of gameplay. Mm -hmm. And I just can't get into games that are that dense anymore. I like things like Ori that are eight hours and out, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just I just life the game, so I don't play anything else. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, Alright. Oh, we gotta play some Division 2, also. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hit me now up. Now that I can use my computer again. We have to continue Halo as well. That's true. Yeah, all the things we were playing were on PC, so I was kind of... Yeah. That's why I wanted to get Borderlands 3, so we could do that. But then I slept a lot. It's fine. Uh, I've, been, I've been very busy lately. Yeah, I know. Uh, speaking of Borderlands... Fancy podcasts. <laughs> my clan, my podcast, I'm too busy. Sorry, Justin. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so speaking of Borderlands, uh, Borderlands 3, uh, Steam March release date has been announced. Uh, Cross-play with the Epic Games Store. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's huge, honestly. I kind of hope that they introduce some kind of cross-play with uh, consoles sometime. So we could play with a certain person that no longer exists. That he Loki exists. <laughs> um, that would be awesome. I don't see it happening. But then again, I'm surprised that Epic and Steam would play with each other. Right? They have to have some kind of deal with them with those two. Yeah, because I get that with some things like you know Halo, for example, is crossplay between the. Uh, PC, like, Xbox app and the Steam version, but it's still not cross-play with the Xbox version. So it's it's kind of weird the way, like, PC and console play with each other. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I know Call of Duty does it. It just depends on what you're using for your input. Oh, but, really? Yeah, yeah. So I figure, like, if they can do it, I just assume eventually everyone's going to be cross-playing. But who knows? They should. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Borderlands 3 will hit Steam on March 13th, 2020. Uh, yeah, cross-play... That's pretty much it. That's pretty much the story here. Yeah, it said weapon mailing won't be available on day one, but... Okay. Like, between, you know, between uh, systems. You will have to use their shift system to manage your friends list, though, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, <sighs> that's the only way to do a workaround. Yeah. It always has to be some kind of third-party thing to manage it. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about uh, GDC being cancelled. Uh, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but uh, yeah, it's been officially cancelled. 
I mean, uh, everyone had pulled out. I don't think that's really that surprising. No, it's not. Uh, I have this article on TechCrunch. Uh, let me share it with you. Uh, so well, after what I'm sure was a hectic few days for the folks playing the GDC in San Francisco, the team announced today that they have officially decided to cancel the event happening this March, saying in a blog post that they hoped they would be able to reschedule the event for later in the summer. Uh, recent days, nearly all of the event's top corporate sponsors announced that they would not be sending employees to the event. Due to concerns surrounding coronavirus, uh, Microsoft, Unity, Epic, Amazon, Facebook, and Sony all bowed out uh, at the event. Uh, no statement from GDC at this time. The company behind GDC detailed that they will be refunding the conference and expo attendees in full. Though a blog post details that the group hopes that to host GDC event later in the summer, noting we will be working with our partners. Uh, to finalize the details, and we will share more information about our plans in the coming weeks. GDC is just uh, the latest tech conference to be shuttered in the wake of the wide, uh, worldwide concern surrounding the outbreak of coronavirus. Yesterday, Facebook announced it would be canceling the in-person component of its F8 conference, and we've already seen cancellation of G, uh, GSMA's uh, Mobile World Con- Congress in uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. Uh, yeah, like, coronavirus is not only affecting every person, it's also majorly affecting, like, the economy and stuff. It's kind of scary. When something starts in China, which is, like, the economic hub of the world, you know it's gonna, like, wreck shop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so they, uh, I think the people behind uh, E3 has also said they're they're keeping an eye out in the... If it gets any worse, they'll probably end up canceling too, um, which should be nuts. No big loss there. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have already pulled out of E3 for unrelated reasons. So. Right. Um, but yeah, just think about the coronavirus. Like, this is going to have a huge impact this year on just manufacturing mm-hmm. everything. Like, <laughs> like game consoles. Like the stuff that like my work is going to be affected by it. Uh, we're. F- fine at the moment, but I don't even know. Um, it's not... And just, like, the stock market and stuff in general is all affected. Yeah, the last, what was it, the last week, maybe? Or last mm-hmm. five days has been uh, record down since 2008. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, the 2020 stock, stock market crash. Yep, basically. It's nuts. Because of a virus. Yeah. Vaccinate your kids. Um, <laughs> but... This, like... This is interesting because there's usually a lot of big announcements and stuff that come out of GDC. So since they're planning on, like, to, just to get back on topic, mm-hmm. um, because they're planning on rescheduling, I wonder if those announcements and stuff are still going to go out, like, just, you know, in a vacuum, or if they're going to hold those announcements for whenever GDC is rescheduled. Like, Because I feel like they would have new stuff to announce by then. I don't know. Probably go out and uh, like if they're still playing the release, it'll probably just go out in a press release. Yeah, that's how this stuff usually is handled. Because uh, you know, Nintendo's just been like shadow dropping like trailers and announcements and stuff randomly the last few weeks, months really, instead of like doing a proper Nintendo Direct or anything. And I feel like they were probably holding some stuff close to their vests for GDC. Um, I mean, they were, I don't know if they were specifically going to be there, but they probably had some announcements. Uh, and so I'd imagine the other big companies were the same, where they had some big stuff they were just kind of holding on to. It's kind of interesting to think about how it will affect the the you know video game news cycle for the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the coronavirus, uh, Plague Inc. Uh, is going to be pulled from the Chinese app store over illegal content. <laughs> this is disappointing. Remember when they like put up that press release saying like hey this isn't like a real thing like yeah. it's a game <laughs> I wonder if they had it in mind like this kind of thing so that they wouldn't get pulled or like have no action they definitely against did. them yeah. but China's super sensitive about gaming stuff anyway uh, so the cyberspace administration of China uh, has removed the plain ink from the country's app store 
Which, by the way, Cyberspace Administration is a pretty cool name for it. It sounds like Space Force. Yeah. But, like, Internet Space Force. Right. Uh, yeah, so over the inclusion of illegal content, developer uh, Endemic uh, confirmed the news in a blog post and said the situation has been taken out of its control. Decision by Chinese authorities to pull Plague Inc. from sale comes from the title received a huge influx of players. It reportedly became the top-selling app in China earlier this year, with the interest in the title spiking as a result of the coronavirus outbreak that began in Wuhan. Uh, Endemic has already been forced to issue a new statement. Uh, Studio explained that it doesn't know whether the game has been pulled because of its newfound coronavirus connection, and indicated the Cyberspace Administration has yet to offer a concrete explanation for the game's sudden removal. Uh, do you think China thinks that uh, this game caused the coronavirus? Considering people think that Corona beer is connected to the coronavirus, <laughs> I would not be surprised. <laughs> uh, it's not clear to us if this removal is linked to the ongoing coronavirus outbreak that China is facing. However, Plague Inc.'s educational uh, importance has been repeatedly recognized by organizations like the CDC. And we are currently working with major global health organizations to determine how we can best support their efforts to contain and control uh, COVID-19, said Endemic. Uh, we're working very hard to try and find a way to get the game back in the hands of Chinese players. We don't want to give up on you. However, this tiny independent game studio in the UK, odds are stacked against us. Our immediate priority is to try and make contact with the Cyberspace Administration of China to understand their concerns and work with them to find a resolution. 2020 has uh, been a wild, y'all. It's Yeah, this is a hell of a year, dude. Yeah. This is a way to kick off a, a, a decade. This is the year where we're supposed to see clearly. But all I'm seeing is fire so far. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's go, circle back to uh, some of the bigger uh, publishers out there. So let's talk about a little bit about Xbox. Uh, so this is uh, February 24th. Was uh, They released some information on the, the Xbox Series X. Uh, so they're going to have 12 teraflops. Uh, var- variable rate shading, hardware accelerated DirectX ray tracing, Quick resume for multiple games and smart delivery. While well, you just pet your cat. Uh, you know what smart delivery is? What? You know what smart delivery is? Yeah, it's basically saying that uh, when you buy a game that has smart delivery, if it works on your Xbox X, it'll work on the next yeah. console. I think that's awesome. Like, uh, Cyberpunk already announced that they're going to support it because they should. Like, all companies should support it. Oof. Oh, boy. Knowing that it's the... He just kind of fell. Um, knowing that it's a feature and, like, purposefully not supporting it is going to make you look like a dick now. Yeah. So I can understand, like, some maybe first-party games, you know, if they just can't play on the old hardware. But anything coming out this gen should be forward-supported, at least. Um, because, like, even Sony said that, like, all of their stuff is going to be backwards compatible, you know, as in, like, work on PS4 and PS5 for the foreseeable future. Um, and that'll probably be a few years before anything is exclusive. Mm-hmm. So if that doesn't work the same way with this... I already forgot what it was called. Uh, smart delivery. Yeah, smart delivery. Then I think it's going to be major backlash for those developers that don't support it. Yeah. Yep. You're screwing yourself over, too, because on top of the bad press, it just puts your game in less hands. Because I think a lot of people are going to skip this generation, for launch at least. Yeah, uh, I don't think you can double dip the way they used to. I I think it's better to have people keep playing your game in in the way games are now. Mm -hmm. It's all about the the players keep continuously playing your game. Exactly. Uh, that way you can sell them on all some other bullshit. Like it's uh, a different eco structure. Yeah. Uh, but like the only the way you can double dip is by providing your game on multiple consoles with cross save. Yeah. Like I've heard of so many people like buying up, uh, 
you know, Witcher 3 and Divinity Original Sin 2 on Switch, even though they've played, like, hundreds of hours of it on PC, because they've added cross-play to those games. Right, yeah. Or cross-save. Cross-save, yeah. Yep. So that's the kind of thing that developers should do as a, you know, a thank you to fans to get them to play all over the place. Yeah. But you can't just ask them to buy the same game multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of consumer... I think that's a cool feature. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, consumer-friendly stuff here. Uh, quick mm-hmm. Resume is a pretty cool feature. It allows you to continue playing multiple games from uh, Suspended State almost instantly. Returning to you, returning you to where you were and what you were doing without waiting through long loading screens. So... three. <laughs> oh, God. The loading in that is really bad. That's why I haven't wanted to play it more, because unless I had, like, a good amount of time to devote to it, yeah. I don't want to boot it up. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, like, technical jargon here. Uh, it's going to have 120 FPS support, which is really cool. Uh, allows it to exceed the standard 60 FPS, so put in favor of uh, heightened realism and fast-paced action. Uh, four generations of gaming, it's including backward compatible 360 original Xbox games and Xbox One. Uh, game Pass. And I love the the backwards library on the Xbox so far. Like I said, I was playing Banjo Kazooie because like I already owned that game apparently, like on my old 360. So it was just there waiting for me when I signed in. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of stuff when you can own a game for so many generations and then it's just like you buy a new console and you have games already. Is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ford missed out on that. Yeah, there's a lot of good information in this that was released. It's interesting the like the twelve teraflops and stuff. It says that it's uh, twice as powerful as an Xbox One X and more than eight times as powerful as the original Xbox One. I didn't realize the One X was that much more powerful than the Xbox One. Yeah, dude, the Xbox One was pretty underpowered when it first came out. Because that's why I got the One X, because I figured it'd be a little more future proof. But I'm really glad I, like, spent the extra money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you put this in here, which is odd, but uh, Bungie is removing their paid loot boxes from Destiny 2 next season. I just thought it'd be something you'd want to talk about. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot, there was a lot of Destiny news that came out over the... Mm-hmm. past week. Uh, we talked about it on the Voice of the Vanguard. But yeah, they're getting rid of um, their engrams uh, that you could buy from their Eververse store. But you can still earn them for just playing the game. So like every five levels past your uh, season rank, you'll get a new engram that will give you stuff from last year. They're also still on the free track of the season pass. Yeah. I'm not a fan of these engrams because they only give you stuff from last year and I already have all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I I'm a there's a lot of stuff I don't like about the Eververse store these days. I'm just saying. Uh, you can hear about that on the other podcast. That's fair. Uh, don't show your other podcast right now. <laughs> um, but no, I I just like this because it shows a future of no loot boxes. Like they specifically said that they wanted to get rid of them because uh, we want players to know what something costs before they buy it. Bright Ingrams don't live up to that principle, so we will no longer be selling them in the Eververse store. So, like, they're not removing them from the game because they're still free stuff, but they don't want you to have to buy something where you don't know what you're getting. Because, like you said, it could be stuff you already have. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool that they're only having stuff in the Eververse store that you pay to get specifically rather than randoms. Part of me just thinks that it just didn't sell well, so they're like, oh, let's stop doing this. I mean, that's fine. Like, if it already wasn't selling well and it yeah. gets them good press to get rid of it, even better. Like, it was selling, so they're still missing out on, you know, potential profit. Because everything sells, let's be honest. But mm-hmm. it probably wasn't enough to justify keeping it. And so they get, you know, more profit from the positive press that gets more people to play the game. Yeah, there's there's a lot of issues. There's just a lot of issues I have with Eververse and the way they handle like their bright dust economy is trash at the moment. Um, there's a lot of what you use for the bright Ingrams, isn't it? What? 
The bright dust is what you use to buy the bright ingrams, isn't it? No, you use that to get the uh, uh, the stuff that they sell in the Eververse store for for quote unquote free. Um, they're non paid currency rather is the bright dust. Okay. And you only get that like if you play three characters, you only get about thirty six hundred or so. If you play one character, you get about mm, what two, four, six, eight. 1200 and then there's like an, there's a there's an emote in the store right now that's the cowbell and that's like f- over 4000 it's insane it's like it maxes out uh well you have your weeklies that give you 200 bright dust and mm-hmm. each uh core person has t- uh two of those uh but then you could do repeatable bounties that gave you 10 bright dust and like so it's 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 just very under yeah the bright dust economy is is failing at the moment. It's yeah. it's kind of like a real economy. <laughs> That's the thing is like with these kind of games when they go free to play, they always have to find that balance. And I think this is a good sign that they're fig- that they're adjusting that balance. And also like all the like really good like looking stuff and like all the like not even all the good looking like stuff. It's just everything is in the Eververse these days, and there's hardly anything you can earn from doing raids like that's cosmetic and like fun to earn. It's it's uh there's a, there's a real problem happening at the moment. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll become a one game gamer again. <laughs> Next season's gonna be fun though. They're gonna introduce trials. My clan and I are gonna try and go flawless and crucible. It's gonna be fun. Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so let's move into a game that doesn't have any of this bullshit. Uh, Shovel Knight, uh, new Shovel Knight spinoff game it has announced. Yeah. Uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. This, yeah. Did you see like the trailer or anything for this? Nope. Okay. It looks pretty fun. Like when I first saw the the pictures for it, like before I watched the trailer, I thought it was kind of like a, um, like a you know a Tetris like dropping blocks type game, where you like flip out the things. But it's actually kind of more like a puzzle version of Crypt of the Necro Dancer, in the looks of the gameplay. Um, so it's like, it's kind of a top-down view with the grid, whereas I thought it was like, you know, dropping down to the bottom. Um, and you control Shovel Knight inside, like, the, the puzzle radius. Um, and you go around, like, breaking blocks and attacking enemies and stuff like that. And, like, they have different, uh, different attack patterns, um... Where, like, if they hit you, you lose an HP, and if you hit them, they lose an HP. Again, like Crypt of the Necrodancer. But it doesn't have the rhythm mechanics. It's just kind of that same idea of, like, as you move around squares, the enemies also move around squares. Mm. Um, and you can, like, break through the, you know, the cheap little enemies to get the treasure chests, um, or, like, healing potions, or whatever the case is. Uh, and they give you different, like, attack buffs, or, like, the, you know, the special. Um, skills and things that you get in like the regular Shovel Knight game, like your magic powers, you can get those that you can activate and do like screen affecting abilities and that kind of thing. So it's essentially like the Shovel Knight gameplay kind of boiled down to like a one screen, you know, puzzle mode with like kind of some Crypt of the Necrodancer elements. And it seems right up my alley. <laughs> uh, so like this game kind of came out of nowhere. And it honestly doesn't look as cool as the other Shovel Knight spinoff game they announced a few weeks ago, um, with like the 16-bit art style and the kind of like Steam World Dig type gameplay. The Dig one, yeah. Um, that one seems a little more dynamic, but this seems like a, I don't know a fun like little, you know. Is this for just mobile? Kind of like, no, no. I, I could see it being put on mobile. Yeah, this like like it would be a fun mobile game. Yeah, but it's. For uh, uh, has not said what platforms Pocket Dungeon will release on. Huh. All right. Interesting. So it could be for mobile. All right. <laughs> um, but it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't look like there's any uh, like controls on screen or anything. So unless you just tap them around, I'm sure you need a controller. But yeah, you also like it looks like you move around on a world map grid to like the different you know kind of level layouts and like each like spot on the map is like a, a different level type 
and you also like you actually fight against the other knights and stuff. Um, there's a new puzzle knight they're introducing in this game, um, but also there's like Specter Knight, King Knight, all those, and they have different attack patterns inside the puzzle map uh, when you fight them. So there's some cool elements in there, um, and it looks like a lot of fun. But I don't totally understand the gameplay just from this trailer. So I'll, I'll need a little more information on it. But I'm intrigued by what I've seen. Um, also, I didn't realize the other one's actually just called Shovel Knight Dig. So it's literally like Steam World Dig with the Shovel Knight skin. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yep. Um. Next, I don't have anything. Next uh, news story: Samurai Jack gets its first video game in over a decade. Uh, you ever watch Samurai Jack? Uh, in passing, I think. Uh, not a fan. I haven't like sat down and watched it, and I don't know enough about it to know if I'd like it. <laughs> but it's not something I've ever been interested in, like you know, seeking out myself. If that makes sense. Yeah, I used to be really big into the Samurai Jack uh, show uh, back when it came out. Hmm. Uh, I didn't play any of the the games. Apparently, like I didn't even know there were games. Um, but it's just so random to have this old like niche property like back in the limelight for a new video game uh so samurai jack uh cartoon network series that recently received a much needed conclusion on adult swim it's its first new video game adaptation since 2004 uh it's coming out this summer uh name of the game is samurai jack battle through time it's being made by developer uh solil uh whose previous work includes naruto to baruto uh, no More Heroes, Travis Strikes Again, and Devil's Third. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I know people are excited for the game, but I hope their work doesn't speak for itself. Right. Um, from the, from the, like, brief clips that they've shown of the game, it kind of looks like a generic, you know, like, beat-em-up type of game. Yeah. Uh, which isn't the worst thing, but... I don't know. I'm just surprised that there's another Samurai Jack thing happening. Uh, yeah. yeah. It sounds like it can't be worse than the Samurai Jack games that came before it. But right. again, knowing Devil's Third, it might be. <laughs> I've never seen Devil's Third. It. Watch the Matt McMuscles video, uh, the What Happened video on Devil's Third All right. to get an idea of the garbage fire that game is. <laughs> Alright. Um, another surprising game uh, that was announced was Platinum Games is finally publishing its own original game. I did not realize... Huh? And there's a cat in it. <laughs> I never realized that the, they never made their own original game before. They've always yeah. been just working on other people's games. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, Platinum Games has been making games under contract or with cooperation of publishers, whether that be Sega or Square Enix. Uh, now it's finally making a game that fully owns and will self-publish. Uh, right now, the working title is Project GG. In an official release, uh, director Hideki Kamiya uh, said, Unlike any of the games we've made so far, it's going to be a 100% Platinum game uh, title. For everything from its setting and characters to its game design story and how it's promoted, Platinum Games is in full control. Uh, the game's Platinum... Platinum Games previously developed ultimately belong to the publisher. Any and all decisions about the game are promoted, how their content is used and so on are entirely up to the publisher. Uh, as a creator, it's hard to think of my games as ch my children. Uh, Camilla continued, after all, it takes a lot of work to raise them up and a lot of love too. Uh, however, once they're done, any traces about them entirely out of my hands. So for example, no matter how many times people tell me you should make a sequel to this game, or I'd love to see that on a console. Uh, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, the project's short teaser is short on details. There is a person who has some kind of suit. There are rocks and smoke, and I see a cat. Uh, <laughs> uh, this looks like a scene from Ultraman with a giant hero battling a kaiju. Uh, Update, I don't think it's a cat. I think it's a Shiba Inu. A dog. You think so? Well, the trailer has a dog in it. But that one screenshot... Makes it look like a cat, yeah. So I guess it's the dog. Yeah, it's definitely the dog. Okay. 
Mm, I don't know. It looks like a cat, man. Like, if you watch the teaser trailer, it's a dog. That's right. what I'm saying. All right, all right. Uh, so with the freedom, he says that there's tremendous responsibility. I still, I think, we can harness that sense of responsibility and turn it into motivation to make Project GG uh, the best game it can be. This looks like a dope monster fighting game. Like, I am very on board for that. Like, a, you know, destroy all monsters type thing. Mm-hmm. Or just a Pacific Rim style game. Like, that's great too. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. That's the dog. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. I see, I see. Yep, yeah. Okay. You gotta actually read the article. You can't just look at the headline. I did read the article, so there's a cat. Oh, it, was, it, was a, it was a metaphor. <laughs> it's a metaphor. <laughs> like watching the video instead of just judging the one. It's 100 percent the dog, by the way. It's 100 percent the dog. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. I got exact shot. It was pulled from the trailer, but he yeah, still thought it was cat. it's 100 percent the dog. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't watched the trailer yet because I'm just a guy. This person wrote this article. They should have watched the trailer. Right, and I'm just watching the trailer now. So. Yeah. But no, this this legit looks like a. It's, they say it's a superhero trilogy, which I don't understand. That is it, like Bayonetta, No More Heroes, and then this. Like, what is what are the first two? Um, hang on, let me re- read that again. Uh, hero, no wait, Hero Steel. Wait, is it Iron Giant? No. Powerful climax to the to the Kamiya. Superhero trilogy. What? This is the yeah. cl- wait. The climax. Like it, essentially the third game, and a trilogy of hero games. What? I guess one could be one for one on one because that was a platinum game. What's like this? No more heroes. Wonderful one on one in this maybe. Oh, Bayonetta, Beautiful Joe. No wait. They didn't do Beautiful Joe. Uh, from the director. Oh, okay. A wonderful one hundred and one. Yeah, think if so. I guess they... beautiful Joe, wonderful one hundred and one, and then and then this one. This is a superhero trilogy. Yeah. Because those are all superheroes, right? Yeah. I guess. Man, everyone wants a trilogy these days. It's not. Right. You'd think that if they were going to call this the climax to the superhero trilogy that they would have listed the first two games in that trilogy. I don't get it. But, based on that, like, big robot guy versus a monster thing, I am just going to use my headcanon that this is a officially licensed Pacific Rim game and get super excited. It's an Ultraman game. I don't care about that as much. (laughs) Uh, What if it's a fighting game? I mean, if it's mechs versus uh, robot or versus monsters, I'm cool. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what what comes from this because this is gonna be nuts. Yeah. We don't have a lot of good monster fighting games, or well, you know, kaiju games rather. So that'll the be last fun. Good one was destroy all monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for the news. Unless you have anything else you want to say. Things. I feel like there was one or two things we didn't really talk about, but they're probably not that important either. Yeah, it's probably just like, you know, PlayStation was released or something. <laughs> I heard that a rumor that it's going to cost $491 for them to manufacture yeah, the PlayStation 5. There, which is kind of insane. So, what kind of price are you thinking? Are you thinking $599? I, mean, I think it's going to be a $500 console, and they're just going to like break even to start. Because things get cheaper to produce over time. So if they're essentially breaking it even at launch, but can, you know, sell games still, then over time they'll start to make a profit off of it. It's about getting it into people's hands. Like the Wii U, which granted that's not the best example, but the Wii U was sold at a loss at launch. It didn't start making money until about a year or two in when they could make the parts cheaper. Yeah, they always say they sell it at a loss, uh, the consoles. It's just because you have to put it at a certain price point. And yeah. so sometimes that price point is lower than it costs to make it and ship it and, you know, all those costs that go into it. 
Yeah, and then the retailer wants their cut. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think if it comes uh, out at five five ninety nine, that's too much. No, it's it's probably five hundred. Um, I can see them having multiple models, like a five hundred dollar base model, and then like a five fifty, like you know, larger hard drive model or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have one more thing to talk about after I sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I didn't want you to think I was going silent and you in the show. Oh, that hurt. Oh sneeze no. Oh no. Ah. Okay, I'm gonna be quick and then go lay down. Okay, um, okay. So the the Baldur's Gate three uh, gameplay trailer was put out. Like they did like a live demo at PAX, and that game looks awesome. Like it's legit, like five E D and D in a video game. Nice, because uh, it's got like a cool like dynamic physics system, kind of similar to Breath of the Wild, where like you know the things just exist in the game, and how you use them is up to you. So it's not like scripted events or whatever where it's like, yeah, you can break this thing but nothing else is interactable. It's like everything is possible as long as it's, you know, within the physics system of the game. Um, So it's got really cool stuff there. But the demo they showed was like one of the actual developer guys like running through this live demo. He talked about how like they wanted to do like a scripted uh, demonstration but he refused and wanted to show off the game, you know, like more dynamic so we could kind of explain the stuff and like show it live, even though there was still like it's pretty early access and there's bugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, he showed off the really nice character creator and stuff, and then jumped in like right at the beginning of the game and died in the first encounter. Oh wow! <laughs> the game like they ended the demo with, uh, so yeah, I I I said there's multiple ways we could have uh, <laughs> we, we could have done this encounter, and clearly I did it the wrong way, mm-hmm. but. This, this is the game. Live it's demo, folks. It's <laughs> really funny. Wow, that's that's funny. But he was, like, to be fair, he was trying to show off some different things. Like, yeah, yeah, that you wouldn't normally do in battle. Like he threw a shoe at one point. Oh wow, <laughs> man, that's wow. awesome. Yeah, but like you have different things you could do, like push, throw, um, jump, like all kinds of like different commands. Mm-hmm. on top of like your actual abilities and your you know weapons and stuff and those things can be manipulated with anything in the environment so like i said he threw a shoe he was like in his inventory and he's like <laughs> i don't have a ranged weapon and that guy is down there and he's gonna kill my other party member so i'm gonna try out the throw command and he just threw a shoe and killed him That's, he like, killed him with the shoe with the shoe yeah Oh my god! It's, I mean, it's based on on like you know a D twenty system, so like it does all of the calculations like kind of behind the curtain. Um, you can like toggle up to see the actual calculations, but all you see like on screen is a percentage system, like by default. Um, and so like you know you can critically succeed or critically fail just like in D anD. d Wow! And he critically succeeded with a shoe throw. That's amazing. Um, He's an Austin also, Powers villain. Yeah. He was also talking about, uh, like, the first attack he did. He's like, oh, th- this should be fine. It's a 90% success rate critical miss. Wow. Like, first hit. Uh, but yeah, it was really cool. Like, that game looks awesome. I'm yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I hope I it's good. It's early access, like, soon. Really? Pretty sure. Yeah, I hope it's good. Baldur's Gate needs, uh, needs a win. This yeah. is clearly a different studio than did, that did the other ones. Um... Larian Studios. Oh, that's right. I was thinking it was Obsidian, but it's like a subset of that group or something. I think. Um, but yeah, like I, I looked back at Baldur's Gate one and two because I remember them being you know old games and I played them a little bit, but I couldn't get into them. I will never go back to those games. They were <laughs> very rough. I bet they're rough to get to now because it's yeah. been so long. But I, I still have fond other, memories. Like, more recent DN, like you know. Wizards of the Coast games or whatever, yeah. um, like set in the D and D universe, are still pretty rough. Um, and like I've tried, I've thought about picking up like Divinity: Original Sin too, because that kind of seems like a modern take on that stuff. Yeah, but it's still fairly scripted. Mm-hmm. Like there's things you can do, but anything outside of those things is impossible, even though it seems like it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. I might still pick it up if it gets cheap enough. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I wanted to talk about. I just I thought that game looked cool. Yeah, it does. 
Uh, so Justin, where can people find you? You can find me if you look up ZeroScore on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch slash Mixer whenever I start streaming again, probably soon. Um, I put out a new video this week on uh, the weirdest Mega Man spinoff games. Um, it was a lot of fun to make. I kind of was slowly editing it over the last few weeks when I could sit up at my computer, so it took longer than I wanted it to. But I'm mostly proud of how it came out. I cut a few corners to get it out this week, but I'm happy with it. Nice. And you can find me, your host Thomas, on Twitter, CSG Thomas. Also here at Game Play Stuff on Twitch. Uh, here at ChargeShot.com for audio, video, and written content. You can email me, Thomas, at ChargeShot.com. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Write us there for a good review. I'll read it on the show if it's related to our show. And until then, guys... Uh, <laughs> I was about to do... I. Yeah, I'm mixing up the, the outros for my shows. Uh, enjoy your games, and have a good night. Oh no, we got too many podcasts.